Amen. Amen and amen. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Romans, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8. I want you to see it in your Bible tonight because we're going to talk about something maybe new to some of you. I believe we're going to help you tonight. I want you to get help because I want your life to be good. I don't want what Jesus died to give you to be wasted. I want you to get what he died to give you. Tonight we're going to talk about being led by the Spirit of God. How to be led by the Spirit of God. It is every believer's right to be led by his Spirit and to let him lead us and to guide our lives. And uh, I, don't, I don't mean to offend you by saying this, but I think if the Spirit of God were to lead, you, lead your life, he could get you somewhere better than you could. Just my humble opinion. Plus, I've read the Bible. And uh, you, you just have no idea what he would do for us if we would let him. Right, that comes by being led. By the, you don't have a great life by being saved. You have a great eternity by being saved. You have a great life by being led of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. You don't get a great life by being saved. I know Christians that are more miserable than lost people. You get a great eternity because you're saved. You get a great life because you let the Holy Spirit lead your life. And you can be saved and not be led of the Spirit, as I believe most believers are. But what we want to be is we want to be led of the Spirit of God. And we're going to talk tonight about being led by the Spirit of God or how to do it. How to, we're going to do step by step. This is how you let the Spirit of God lead your life. We're going to look at one verse in Romans chapter 8 tonight. Verse 14 says this, Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons or daughters of God. So can you see from that verse that there's a possibility that your life can actually be led by the Spirit of God? Can you see it? All right, I've got two that can see it. Can anybody else see it? All right, we're going to do this methodical and slow tonight because a lot of times people come back and say, I didn't get that. Well, let's get, it on, let's get it on the first run tonight. Can you see that the Spirit of God can lead your life? Every believer has a right to be led of the Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, to be led by the Spirit of God, as you can tell by that verse, that's the identifying mark of a believer. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. I want to say three things tonight. Number one, the Father's great desire for you Number two, he wants to lead you to the blessed life. And number three, the primary way he leads is by the Spirit. So we're going to talk about that tonight. All right, the Bible said as many as are led by the Spirit of God. And then I, I love the book of Acts. Now, I, grew, I, I was part of a denomination that didn't believe in the book of Acts. Actually, they, they couldn't deny it because it's in the Bible, but they said, all that has passed away. God don't work like that anymore. Well, that's a pretty sad circumstance. If it is, I, I don't believe that. But let me tell you what I find. You know, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or the life of Jesus, the book of Acts is the direction book for his family, his church. Now, let me tell you what I find in the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts, here's what you see. Everything they did was led by the Spirit of God. They prayed until he told them what to do. When they had a decision to make, they waited until he told them what to do. They were led constantly by the Spirit of God. And they proved Romans 8, 14, in the book of Acts, they were led by the Spirit of God. And I think the book of Acts is not a history book. I think it's the model for how me and you could have a great life. I believe the Bible's meant to be a lived, not just read. All right, <clears throat> number one, the Father's great desire for you. How many of you believe when the Bible said, as a matter of fact, we had our kindergarten graduation this morning over at Grace Christian Academy, all the little scholars in their little robes and caps and gowns and all that stuff, that's a hoot to watch the teachers try to keep the stuff on them at that age. And a lady quoted a verse. She quoted Jeremiah 29. She said this, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good, not for evil. How many of you believe that's true? Now, how many believe you can claim that? Yes, you can. All right, the Father's plans. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came to this earth and died so you could have an abundant life. 
That's the father's heart. His heart for you is an abundant life. His, uh, his, his great desire for you is an abundant life. How many of you had kids and you wish they'd have been on crack and never amounted to nothing? No, we all want great things for our kids. That's the father's heart. If you read the book of Genesis, first two chapters, it's the only place you can see, this is what I really want for every one of my children. Genesis one and two, and then the last two chapters in the Bible are the only place you can see what God really wants for his children, what the father really wants. But he wants good for his children. Let me uh, look at a verse with me. A lot of, this is a very controversial verse. I didn't write it. Turn with me to the book of third John. Some of my scholar friends slobber all over themselves trying to explain what it don't mean what it says. You can save your breath with me. I believe it means what it says. And third John is one of those great verses. This is the father's heart for you. And I want you to believe what he says. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've done it wrong. Dear ones, the great thing about Jesus is tomorrow's a new day. It, everything can be new tomorrow. All right, third John verse two is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He said this, third John verse two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, can you hear the heart of a father saying, I want you to prosper in everything. I want you to prosper in all things. I want you to be in health. I want your soul to, I want you to have inside prosperity. And then I want you to prosper in everything. I want your marriage to prosper. I want your health to prosper. I want you to prosper at work. I want your relationship with your friends to do well. Can you not see a father's heart that says, I want life to be good for you. I want you to prosper in everything you do. This is the great promise of the father. And matter of fact, Psalm 35, 17 says this, praise be God who delights in the prosperity of his children. There's nothing makes him happier than to see you do well at things. I mean, how many of you think that he created us hoping that life would suck? You didn't do that for your children. He created us wanting life to be wonderful. Something happened along the way, you know what happened, but his heart is still for us to have a wonderful life. Matter of fact, uh, some, a lot of people don't like the prosperity message. Well, throw the Bible in the garbage. If he didn't want you to prosper, why do you write a book and tell you how to do it? Psalm chapter one, blessed is the man. God does things for the man or woman who doesn't walk in the way of the wicked, sit in the path of the sinner or sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the good news of Jesus Christ. And in that good news, he thinks day and night, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. His leaf will not wither and everything he does shall prosper. If he didn't want you to prosper, why did he tell you how to do it? He just wants our lives to be wonderful. He wants life to be great on this planet. Now, a lot of my friends, they disagree with me. They say, no, no, life's supposed to suck now for believers, but in heaven, it'll be wonderful. I don't believe that. I believe Jesus died so we could have eternal life and abundant life. And uh, I think we've let it go where we should have been laying hold of it. So I just want you to hear the heart of the father that his great desire for you is abundant life. Now, listen to me. Let me teach you something. Let me teach the foundation of your faith here. The foundation of our faith is not the power of God, it's the goodness of God. You, you gotta get that right there. Many people believe that God is almighty, but they don't really believe that he's good. I know a lot of Christians who believe that God is more like the earthly father than who he really is. This is seen many places in scripture. For instance, I quoted last week, Mark chapter one, a man came to Jesus and he said this to him, master, I know that you are able to heal me if you're willing. You know what he said? I believe in your power but I don't know whether you're that good or not. He said, I know you can. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, the Lord can do anything. Well, that's as useless as a screen door on a submarine. That didn't help anybody. We know he's got power, but the question is, does he have the heart to use it for me? 
Our, our faith is not in the power of God. He's the almighty. Our faith is in the goodness of God. And by goodness, I mean, will he do things for me? I want you to get this. I want you to get this in your heart. If you being evil will give good gifts to your children, evil compared to me will give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father do good for those who ask him? He'll be better to you than you are to your children. And that's called the goodness of God. It simply means that he'll do good things for the people that he created. And our, our faith can't be in the vastness of God, although he's vast. It's got to be in the kindness of God and the goodness of the Lord. You'll never have a prayer answer until you believe that he's good. All right. So we believe that he is good. Now, number two, he wants to lead you into a blessed life. He knows how to get there. And I don't know how to get there. Would anybody agree with me that Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 is two, 12 verse 12 is correct. There is a way that looks good to a person, but the end result is destruction. Would anybody agree with me that it starts out looking good, but we don't know how to get where we want to be. We are a nation right now in trouble. We've never been better educated. We've never claimed we're smarter and we've never been in a bigger crap pile than we are right now. When are we going to humble ourselves and say, I'm not as smart as I thought it was? All right, but he will lead us there. Let me make an announcement. He knows how to get you there. He'll get you there and he'll guide us there. That's what it means to be led by the spirit. I want you to uh, tell you what I want you to do. I want you to look with with me uh, at a couple of verses. Turn back to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. And I got to get it in your mind that he'll lead you. Now the enemy of our souls will uh, get inside our heads and say, well, that's for great Christians and for other people, but it's not for you. No, it's for you. I'm sorry, let's go to John 15, 16. Let's go to John 16. All right, John chapter 16. The Spirit of God, all right, if you're born again, the Spirit of God's inside of it. Are we all in agreement? We got to get our, our theology straightened out here. If any man does not have the spirit of God, he does not belong to God. The moment you ask Christ to come into your life, the spirit of God moved inside of you. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit? The very spirit that raised Jesus dead body from the grave is right here, right inside of here, right now. He's inside of me and he's inside of you. And that spirit inside of us wants to lead us. Matter of fact, James chapter four says he's jealous to lead us. He, he, he really wants to lead us. But in John chapter 16, here's the promise Jesus made. I want you to uh, listen to me. Let's, let's don't just read it. As we read the word of God, let's say, that's for me. Let's start believing what we read. You got to lay hold of it. John chapter 16 is this great verse. One verse, verse 13. Uh, all through this teaching, he's been talking about the Holy Spirit coming to replace him. Verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Tell me what the word you means. Does that mean you? He will guide you into all. What's the word all mean? Truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but what he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. I want you to look at that one verse. That's one of the greatest promises ever made that the spirit of God inside of you will guide you into all truth over all things. And he'll tell you things that are coming down the road. So brother Brown, I don't hear him. No, no. Let's let's stop thinking like lost people. and Let's start saying amen. Let's start believing what we hear. But can you see clearly a promise here that the spirit of God will guide your life in every area? Uh, I was listening to a testimony recently. A fellow was telling he was an auto mechanic 
and he, he got a truck he was working on, worked on it for three days, couldn't get it fixed. And it was an electrical problem. It was some of his, as he called it, the computer mess. And he couldn't get it fixed. And he, he said, they were teaching at his church about a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is when the spirit of God puts something into your mind that you couldn't have found out any other way. It just comes into your mind. And it's God putting knowledge in your mind from the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm, and we're learning how to use a word of knowledge in our church. And he said, I waited that evening until everybody's out of the shop. I went back in there and I laid my hands on that truck. And he said, dear Holy Spirit, show me what's wrong with this truck. And he said, immediately, immediately into my thought, mine came this thought. There's a diode that has a wire has come loose from it under the right front fender. He said, I didn't even know there was a diode under the right front fender. And then he said, I thought, now is, is that me thinking that or is that him? And if you listen to the spirit of God, you know, sometimes it's hard to know whether it's your thought or his. So he said, I raised it up, look up under there. And guess what? There was a wire hanging loose from a diode and I just soldered it back, reconnected the truck, ran fine. He said, that's, a, that's just goofy. No, you're an unbeliever. I will, he will teach you all things. You say, I don't know God knew about trucks. I knew he knew about people. I don't know any Listen, listen to me. He knows everything about everything. Let, let, let me help, let me help y'all. Look right here. He knows how to raise children. He'll help you raise children. Boys, listen to me. Girls, tune out. Boys, he understands women. He will help you with yours. This place should have roared with praise unto the living God. He understands women. He made them, Doc. He'll, he'll tell you how to be married. What would happen if we would believe that verse that my God will lead me into all truth and he will tell me. Can you not see where the spirit of God will speak to you? He'll tell you things to come. He, he knows about this stuff. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have somebody just, all right, and, and my, I got a little mind right here. My mind's, uh, it's got 60 some years in it. It still works. And I'm a studio, I've studied all my life. I study constantly on every subject. So I got, a, I got some files up here. You understand what I'm talking about? I got files up here. I got a lot up here. Not a lot. I got stuff up here. Okay. More than average person just because I've been studying so long. But what's in here is still very limited compared to the entire internet. If I hook onto the internet, the, I, I've got a vast sea of knowledge, all right? My understanding is very small, but if I can get into the mind of Christ, I have access to all the knowledge in the world. What do you think it means in 1 Corinthians chapter two? We have the mind of Christ. Literally, we have access to the wisdom of God. It was, what if we could have the wisdom of God? What if we could, what if there was a spirit that would lead us into all truth and talk to us about things? What's John 16, 13 promise you? Every, somebody here just said, well, I'm not that good a Christian. He didn't say if you're good. He said, if you listen. I, I got to make an announcement. I got to kill the religion in this room and the religion in this place. He's not near as interested in you being perfect as he is in you being faith and listening. He's not bothered by imperfection, bad as preachers are. Especially this one. All right. So he's promised us the spirit of God to come inside of us. Let me show you one more. This is one of the first verses I ever memorized. And for some reason, I believed it as a new saint. First John chapter two. I want you to see that he has promised the spirit of God will lead you. First John chapter two. All right in this verse, he promises something to you. First John chapter two, uh, verse 27. Well, let's read verse 20. First John chapter two, verse 20 says this. 
you have an anointing, 1 John 2, 20, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You say, brother man, I don't know much. Why do you keep fighting God? Why do you keep disagreeing with the Bible? Now, he said, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Tell me what the anointing is. It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's often called the anointing. And he said, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. God's given it to you. I want you to listen to Acts chapter two. Repent, be turned. Your sins will be forgiven and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, there is, you have an anointing inside of you and he, you know all things. Or you have the, it should properly read, you have the access to all wisdom. And then verse 27 expands it and it says this, verse 27. But you have an anointing which you've received from him. The anointing abides in you. He lives in you. You do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning what? All things. And it's true and it's not a lie. Just as taught you, he'll abide in, you'll abide in him. Can you see from that verse that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? And he will teach you on every issue and he'll teach you and you can stay in Jesus, have the most wonderful life. What great promises these are, but the spirit of God inside of us. If I had somebody that smart inside of me, it'd be good to learn to listen to him, wouldn't it? All right, the great promises of what he'll do. I I want you to listen to what, if we would learn to listen and we're gonna learn to listen. I just wanna quote to you Psalm 81 verses 13 through 16. O-O-H, listen, when God Almighty uses the word O-H that he often uses in scripture, uh, it's a word of emotion and passion. You know, I, um, I, let me make an announcement. This non-emotional God that's in the average church, he's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a very emotional God. He's a very passionate God. He's Jesus. And the Bible said when John saw him, his eyes were a flame of fire. That's not anger, that's passion and excitement and love for his people. I want you to listen to Psalm 81. Uh, verse 13, he said, oh, oh, that my people would listen to me, that my people would listen to me. I would crush their enemies. I would feed them with the finest wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy them. What do you hear right there? Do you hear this? Well, if they'll listen, I might get around to them sometime. That is not the heart of God. You know what I hear? I hear a passionate father saying, if they just learned to listen to me, how many of you would like for him to crush your enemies, fill you with the finest wheat? Wheat's always a picture of strength in the Bible. What's honey always a picture of? Sweetness. How'd you like a life where your enemies are crushed, a life of strength and a life of sweetness? If they just listen to me, listen to me. But he gives you free will. You don't have to listen to him. You can make your own decisions. Might ought to start listening to him. Can I get a witness? All right. So he's promised to lead us. I just want you to see many other scriptures we could look at that he's promised to lead you. All right, number three tonight, the primary way he leads us. How does he lead me? I keep waiting to hear a voice. You're not gonna hear it. He doesn't speak to your outer ear. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord where he illuminates our innermost being. He is a spirit who speaks to your spirit. He doesn't speak to your ear. He speaks to your spirit. And we got to learn to be led of the spirit by our spirits. I want you to look at the primary way through life that he'll lead you if you'll let him. Uh, the key, the foundational verse is Colossians chapter three. Everybody look at me in Colossians chapter three. If you'll do what this says, you can live a life if you'll let him do it where you'll never miss it. You won't miss it if you'll just let him lead you. And this is the number one way he leads his people. And the spirit of God, as I quoted James chapter four says, know you not that the spirit of God that's in you yearns jealously to lead you. He wants so much to help you. How many of you ever had a kid that they weren't on the right track and you wanted so much to help them, but you couldn't make their decisions for them? 
all of us that have got older kids. That's the heart of the spirit. He wants so much to help us, but God's always going to respect your free will. He's not going to force you to do, he's not going to force you and say, you go follow me whether you like it or not. You have to want to follow him. And, but we got to want to be led. All right, Colossians 3.15 is the number one way he leads us. When he said this in Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be grateful. That's the number one way that God leads you by his spirit. He leads you by putting peace in your spirit. Now, heart and spirit are the same words. The word heart is cardia right there. The way God leads you is to put peace in your spirit. And if you'll listen to your spirit and look for peace in your spirit, you'll never miss it. You'll always know, do this, don't do this. Say it, don't say it. Buy it, don't buy it. Get in this, don't get in this. He'll, he'll speak to you over every decision if you'll let him and you'll listen to your spirit and let the peace, what does rule mean? Make the decisions. Let the peace of God make your decisions for you. And it happens where? In your heart, not in your head, not in your emotions, but in your spirit. I want to talk a little bit about this. We need to let the peace rule us. All right, I got a decision to make and uh, you know, I'm, I look at it, I weigh it intellectually, I listen to what people say, but the bottom line is once I've done all that, I'm gonna get quiet and get still. I'm just gonna wait and I'm going to worship and I'm going to kick it into neutral, which means my opinion's gone and I'm going to wait over time. And then all of a sudden over time, if a sweet, quiet peace begins to come right here and just settles right there. And if it stays, I know that's the spirit of God saying to me, go ahead. You can do this. This will be good if you'll do this. Now, a lot of times it can be real quick, but most of the time on big decisions, you got to wait and let him put it in your heart. And, And listen, let that peace make the decisions for you. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Did my beloved brother who wrote this, Paul, did he live by it? He sure did. Let me show you an example where you should pay attention to it not being there. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. See if this has ever happened inside of you before. There was in your heart, there'll be peace or there'll be restlessness and strife. And you need to let them make the decisions. I didn't know that. I wish somebody had taught me this as a young man. I would have stayed out of trouble, even as a believer. Um, don't you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read verse 12. 2 Corinthians 2.12. Furthermore, this is 2 Corinthians 2.12. When I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. Watch these words. I had no rest in my spirit because I didn't find Titus, my brother, but taking my leave, I departed from Macedonia. I couldn't get peace in my spirit. What do he say? That my spirit was restless. There was no peace down here. Therefore, I got up and left. Can you see where this man was letting the peace of God make the decisions in his life? But he said, when I got there, my spirit couldn't get quiet. It couldn't get at rest. I couldn't find any peace. I, I was bothered. It was restless. I've asked people many a time when, they're get, when they did something and it, was, and it worked out bad. Anybody ever done anything that didn't work out good? And I'll ask him, I'll say, go back with me when you were thinking about it. Let's go back to when you were thinking about doing it. Tell me what was going on right here. And they'll say, something was bothering me right here. That was him telling you, don't do that. We've got to learn to listen to our hearts. And by heart, I don't mean emotion. I mean your spirit. The spirit of God lives in your spirit and he'll speak to you through your spirit. And uh, sometimes I'll be, something will be going on and I'm fixing to deal with it. You know what deal with it means? And something down here will go, uh, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't grab you around the throat and shake you. It's just a, uh, 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 down here. You feel it. 
And I know that's him telling me, keep your mouth shut. You'll wish you had if you don't. And I'm learning in my old age, let the peace of God call the shots in my life right here. There been other times where I was led to do something and I didn't really want to do it and it didn't make sense. But boy, there's this sweetness right here, just a quiet sweetness right here. And I knew that was him saying, this is what we're going to do right here. Dunes, if you'll be led of the spirit, you'll never miss it. And it, this is on money decisions, family decisions, things you get involved in, jobs. He knows about buying cars. A friend of mine told me we went to buy a new car. He's so excited. You ever got about excited about something? Excitement's a dangerous place to make a decision. Can I get a witness? All right. He got all excited and he said he was going through the process with the sales guy and he said the whole time it was like something was just bobbing him right here. He said, I bought that sucker and said it was a lemon and a piece of junk. And I just remember saying, I didn't know you knew about cars. He knows about everything. If he'd have listened to his spirit, he wouldn't have got into it. I uh, married this girl one time and I always go back and say hey to the bride about 10 minutes before the wedding starts. And she was just sobbing, laid across the bed, sobbing in the room she was getting ready. And I said, are we ready? She said, yes. And I sensed that she had no peace in her spirit. And it was, it was, I knew better than, I mean, I can't just say no, what, they'll go get another preacher. <laughs> but I knew it was a mistake and it turned out to be a hellish mistake. And you know what was happening? Her spirit was so bothered right here the whole time she's going through it. Because we got to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Got to learn to listen to it. And when we've got restlessness in our spirit, don't go, don't go through with it. Let that make the decisions in your life. This is the number one way he speaks to people. Now, let me tell you how we, I want you to see if you agree with what I'm fixing to say. I'm gonna give you five or six things that we let make decisions for us. And five of them get us in trouble, one will work every time. All right, number one, we make decisions based on human logic. Intellectually, we think about it, we ramble it around in our minds, we weigh it intellectually, and we say, well, this seems smart. But doing smart don't always work, does it? I quoted earlier, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end result's destruction. L listen, I love you. I'm not smart enough to make great decisions. God's smarter than I am. And if I let him decide, it always works out. We use human logic. Number two, we make decisions based out of emotions. What's going on in this nation right now? We're being driven by our emotions. You know, emotions are a terrible thing. to me. Emotions are not bad, thank God for them. I enjoy them, but they are terrible decision makers. Anybody ever made a decision out of emotions, especially the emotion of anger? How'd that do you? You, know, you, you can't make decisions out of mushy feelings. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? It might be a vulture. I mean, don't, you, you can't marry somebody out of a mushy feeling. Marriage is a big decision, doc. You only make two big decisions in your life. What you gonna do with Jesus and who you gonna live with? If we knew how good he was, we would trust him. I told you about my dilemma in college. I needed a wife. I didn't want to ask him because I was afraid he'd tell me somebody. And I just knew she'd play an organ and wear cat eye glasses and have a bouffant and be old battle axe. And I thought he'd give me, a, I didn't know how good he was. He overrode my stupidity and got me the right one anyway. If we would just let him make the decision, if my people would just listen to me, then don't make decisions out of emotions. I mean, I don't say, well, here's what I feel like. Stop right there. That's foolish. My emotions get you in trouble. Number three, we make decisions out of herd mentality. It's what everybody else is doing, so I'm gonna do it. Oh my God. 
Oh my goodness, for your sake, don't do that. Broad is the road that leads to destruction and there are many on it. Do not follow the crowd. Well, everybody else is doing it, let them do it. You take the narrow road that a few people are on that leads to life. Romans 12, two says this, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let them pack you into their mold. Do not make decisions because that's what everybody else is doing. That ought to get you in trouble right there. Number four, we make decisions based on tradition. And that means my own personal traditions, my own, like I've always done it this way. Well, you know what stupid is? Keep doing the same thing, wanting better results. That's dumb right there. Don't, don't make decisions out of habit or tradition and don't make them out of other people's traditions. Be led of the spirit. And let me tell you what we know about the Holy Spirit. When Jesus talked about him in John chapter three, the wind blows where he wishes talking about the Holy Spirit. The wind blows where he wishes and no man can tell where he comes from and where he's going. You have no idea where the Spirit would lead you. You can't guess anymore and you can tell me where the wind's gonna blow next Thursday. You just have to listen to it. Don't, 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 make, don't keep doing the same thing over and over. Let the Spirit of God lead you. Now, let me put in one more. Is, um, is a religious traditions or group traditions. You know why we do what we do in churches? Because we've always done it. That's a pretty dumb way to live right there be led of the spirit of God. And then the sixth way we can be led of the spirit. Don't be led of your intellect, your emotions, the crowd around you. Be led of the spirit of God. If you'll be led of the spirit of God and, and be faithful to do it and let him lead your life. A few years down the road, you look back and say, as I say, and this is, I'm, I'm being true. I never dreamed life could be so good. He came that I could have abundant life, but I got to let him lead me there. I can't drive the boat and get us to abundant life. Girls, do men have trouble stopping and asking for directions? I'm not talking about in the car. I'm talking about on their knees. Talk to me. Dear ones, ask for directions. Let him lead you. Let him make the decisions in our lives. And uh, trust him to do that. Now here, Art, you got a decision to make. And we need to learn to do this in everything. Let me give you three little things we do. Number one, get quiet. Get still. Be still and know. You know, we get all jacked up emotionally and we got to, let, let me help you with something. Anything that drives you, you got to do it fast. That's not from heaven. The Holy Spirit's not in a hurry. Jesus is not in a hurry. I hope I don't offend anybody. I was watching, uh, flipping through and saw Christian television the other night and it was witchcraft, just pure witchcraft. And the guy was screaming in the television and pointing at people. God's calling you. You got to act now. You got to act now. Write the check. Write me a check. Write me a check. Don't wait. Don't wait. You lose your blessing. That's witchcraft. That's manipulation. That's pushing people. I can't believe that crap still on Christian television. Excuse me. I get like Jesus on that stuff. Get a little fired up at them charlatans in the church. Listen, anything that drives you, the spirit of God doesn't drive you. He leads you. That driving, got to do it, got to do it. That's not Jesus. Get quiet and get still and wait a little bit. Get out in the woods and walk. Elijah could not hear the directions of God for his life. In 1 Kings 18, we read this. He was all upset. He was, nobody loves God like I do. I just soon die. And there was a racket. There was a fire. There was a wind. They said, but God wasn't in none of that racket. But after all that ceased, a still small voice came and told him exactly what to do. You got to let the head racket die down. You got to let your emotions die down. You got to get, you got to get quiet. You got to turn people off. I mean, turn their noise off. A lot of times when I'm praying, I'll just say every voice silent except yours. Get quiet on the inside so you can listen to him. He doesn't scream. You got to get quiet. Number one, get quiet and get still. Number two, get in neutral. You, you got to get, you know what neutral means? 
All right, I got to make a decision. I know what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. But let me tell you what I've learned through the years about doing what I want to do. It don't always work out. When I've listened to him, it's worked out great every single time. Getting neutral means kick what you want to the side. Just throw what you want to the curb. And just, you can tell him, say, Father, here's what I'd like, but you're better than I am. You do better than I am. Get in, get in neutral. You've got to get your wishes out of the way. You can't, you can't have, uh, a lot of times I've heard people say, I believe God wants me to do this. I can tell by discernment. That's what you want, not what he wants. You don't superimpose your will over his will. Listen, trust him to let your will go. He'll do you better than you can. Every single time. Ever been a time when you wanted something so bad and you was going to do it? And you was going to get it or you was going to buy it? And if you'd have just said, no, I'm going to wait on him, he'd have done you better than what you would. It just took a little bit longer. If we just learn to wait on him and get in neutral. And then number three, listen, give it time. You say, Father, I want to know what to do and I need to know within 15 seconds. It don't work like that. A lot of times when I ask for something, it'll be two or three days before that peace will just come over me. And, I'll get, and you just know that you know that you know, Danny, and you know her. That's the theological term for it. You can't deny when he's put his, all of a sudden the sweetness just invades your spirit. You just know. But I've learned ask and wait, calm your heart and then get up going about your business. Let me tell you something. That man said, ask, it will be given to you. It will be given to you. Probably not at that moment, but he'll get back with you and you got to let him get you there. But those are the three things we need to do. Get quiet on the inside, get in neutral and give it time. Let me, tell you how, let me tell you how to know that you're thinking with the Holy Spirit. Turn me to Romans chapter eight. You can know every time whether you're thinking with God or against him. I might believe that Christians could think against God. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus gathered his friends around. He said to them, this is it. Been together three years now. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. And the Pharisees are going to kill me. The Romans are going to kill me. And Simon Peter spoke up and said, far be it from me, Lord, I will never let this happen to you. Isn't that good that Simon's going to step in and save Jesus? I mean, his intentions were good. I want to say what Jesus said to him. You get behind me, Satan. Your mind is not set on the plans of God, but on the plans of men. I don't want my plans. I've seen what my plans can do. I want to see what the Father can do. And that, te- that passage right there taught me Simon Peter was Jesus' closest friend and even wanting to do good for Jesus, you can miss it a mile and a half. He said, your mind is not with God. Your mind is with the thoughts of men. I don't want my, I don't want my mind with the thoughts of men. I want the thoughts of God. And there's one way to know. You can always know whether you're thinking with him or not. It's in Romans chapter eight. In Romans chapter eight, verse six, the Bible said this, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spirit minded or spiritually minded is life and what? peace. All right. When your mind is in harmony with the Holy Spirit and you're thinking the way he wants you to think, what'll happen right here? Peace. If, if you're thinking about something and it might even look good, but there's no peace right here, your mind's not lined up with the Spirit of God. To be spirit minded, for my mind to be lined up with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be peace in my spirit. This is how I know I'm thinking right. If I'm thinking the way he wants me to think and I'm thinking in the flow like he wants me to go in, I, when my mind's lined up with him, there'll be peace down here. And, uh, but now if my mind is, is not, if there's no peace here, my mind, I might love Jesus and my mind still be hostile to him. Read the next verse with me. Romans chapter eight, verse seven. 
The carnal mind is enmity against God. Some Bibles say it's hostile to God. There was the natural flesh mind is actually hostility to God. I would decide that we want our church to grow. That's just dumb to want your church to grow. We should love people and care about their eternal destinies. But we decide we want our church to grow. So we're going to get a plan to get our church to grow. A lot of churches are doing this now. So they're going to, you know, do all this fancy stuff to get people to come in, hope the church will grow. Listen to me. That is hostility to God. That's not, that's not his way. That's not the way he thinks. You should ask him, number one, do you want my church? What do you want me to do? I don't need to be telling him what to do anyway. I just need to present myself. So what do you want us to do? And then number two, do this, say, now, how do you want it done? Now, why don't we start letting him run our lives? Let him run our churches, let him run our lives. We've got to learn to listen to the spirit of God. How do you know your mind's thinking with the spirit of God? There'll be peace in your heart. When, that, when you're thinking right, there'll be peace right here. And the mind lined up with the Holy Spirit will always have peace inside of it. <clears throat> that way we know that we're in the right place. All right. I want us to look at one more scripture tonight. And I'm going to, this is the scripture that busts me very often. And I'm going to bust you with it. If I'm going to suffer, you're going to suffer. And uh, how many of you ever got all excited about something and found out you wasn't right? Amen. Let's look at it. James chapter three. This is the defining passage about peace. I'm telling you, peace, we need to learn to live out of peace. We can live in peace, make decisions in peace, everything can be in peace. All right, James chapter three. This is the passage that just, this is like the litmus test right here for our, everything we do. Am I being led by the spirit or am I being led by myself? I want to look in James chapter three with me. Let's put it in verse 14. If, if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, stop right there. Um, bitter envy, self, different Bibles have different things, but it says, <clears throat> if you tore up on the inside, strife, upset, aggravated, angry, righteous indignation, as my Baptist friends call it. If you got, if that's inside of you, like you're upset and you're tore up and you're angry, even if it's a just cause, if that's inside of you, verse 14, if that's inside of you, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom did not come from above. It didn't come from heaven. It's either earthly or carnal or, the, or it's demonic. For where strife and self-seeking exist, confusion and evil is going to be there. Let's shift gears. Verse 17, the wisdom that is from above, just stop right there. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. How do I know the Holy Spirit's leading me and speaking to me? The wisdom that's from above is first pure, then it's what? Peaceable. When God speaks, you're going to have peace in your heart. You're not going to be upset. You're not going to be mad at anybody. You're not going to be tore up. You're not going to be righteously indignant. You're not going to be screaming over them idiots. You're going to be at peace on the inside. The wisdom that's from above always brings peace in your heart. It's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and fruit. And I want you to look at one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Verse 18 says this. The seed, the seed, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Dear ones, if you want things to be right in your life and in your family, it has to be done starting with peace. The seed whose fruit is, we want things to be right in our families. I want things to be right in my life. Where does it always start? It's sown in what? Peace. You can't get anywhere till you go to peace. And if you want a great marriage and you want a great life for your kids and you want good health and you want to be successful, where you start? 
The seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace. You start with peace. Nothing good ever comes out of being upset, mad, aggravated, gonna have my way come hell or high water. They ain't gonna talk to me like that. Nothing good ever comes out of that stuff. You say, but you don't know what they did to me. Listen to me. Stop justifying your sin. That's what it means. When there's strife, don't lie against the truth. If God's in it, there's going to be peace. You say, well, what do I do when I get upset? Keep your mouth shut. I have learned in my old age. It doesn't say you can't get upset. Listen to what the Bible says. Be angry. That's some of my folks' favorite verses. Read the rest of it. Be angry, but sin not. You can't help but get it. Can you, anybody ever get upset about anything? I think there's four of us struggle with this. Maybe I missed it tonight. There's nothing wrong with getting upset, aggravated, mad at people, upside down, fired up, jacked up, whatever you want to call it. There's something wrong with staying like that. Be angry, but sin not. How do you sin when you're angry? Open your mouth. Then as we, until we open our mouths, there's no sin. Be angry, but do not sin. And then what does it say? Do not let the sun go down on that anger. Get rid of it. You can't help but get upset. Bunch of brain dead. Nobody gets upset. My goodness. But listen to me. Don't say anything while you're upset and get rid of it. Don't stoke. You ever heard of a guy named Todd Starnes? Have you ever heard of a guy named Todd Starnes? He's sort of big on the news, got this thing, whatnot. He spends his life trying to make people angry. Righteous anger. Then was this one. If you're angry, do not lie against the truth. That didn't come from heaven. The wisdom from above is pure and it brings peace. If you want a great marriage, it's got to start with, but, but I'm going to tell her what I, 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 that's not God right there. If it don't bring you peace, it ain't Jesus. It's not the spirit of God. The wisdom that's from above is always pure and it's peaceable. Now I want you to see something here that this, I've just learned if there's not a sweet peace on the inside, time out. Don't say anything. Don't make a decision. I ain't putting up with that no more. Shh, 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 shh. Go to the bathroom and be quiet. Wait. What is it about us? We can't wait. There ones, King Saul lost the kingship because he couldn't wait one more day. We got to learn to wait. And if listen, let's read it again. <clears throat> How many times have I been right? And this verse had come to my mind, I'd go, I'll call you later. Thank God for his word that mirrors me. All right, verse 14. If you have bitterness, strife, upset in your hearts, don't lie against the truth. This wisdom didn't come from God. It's either the world around you taught you how to do it. This is your ugly side or you got a demon spirit involved. All right, watch this. Where envy and strife are, if you, if you act out of that stuff, what comes? Confusion and evil. How many of you want to live in confusion and have evil stuff in your family? Then you just be upset and act out of it. You say, well, Brother Brian, if this verse is true, America's in a mess. Bingo. But I don't have to do what everybody else does. I want to be blessed. And here's what I've learned. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. He said, well, if I don't do something, I, 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 that's not heaven. I heard Peter Lord say one time, urgency is not from the devil. Urgency is the devil. That, that. I want you to look at something with me in this passage. And this is very important here. 
Uh, let's read it again, verse 14. If you've got bitterness, envy, upset, whatever you want to, don't lie against the truth. Verse 15, this wisdom, wisdom, what is it called being upset or aggravated or whatever? There is a, it looks wise. There's a wisdom to it. They shouldn't have done that. That makes sense. I'm not going to let them get away with it. That seems wise. It looks smart. It looks wise. There's just one problem with it. The end result's going to be confusion and evil. And if you want things to be right, if it's going to be right, it has to start where? Where does, where does right always start with? The seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace. Got to go to peace. You ever had anybody? <laughs> I used to travel before we had cell phones, drove a tractor trailer in New York City, me and my partner delivering furniture. And, you know, we'd have to stop and ask people all the time. And they'd, you know, that's like asking a blind man how to get out of the ditch a lot of times. And I'd say, well, where, where can we get? So they'd say, well, um, well, maybe you ought to. And finally, they'd just say, you can't get there from here. <laughs> Dear ones, I don't know where you want to go in life. I hope it's to the good part. You can't get there from here. You got to go to peace. Always go to peace first. Don't do anything till you have peace about it. Don't say anything till you have peace. What would happen in this land if nobody spoke till peace came? All right, let me just, let's have some fun. It's just us tonight. Nobody, and don't tell nobody what we're talking about. How many of you have ever been like in your marriage? You, 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 you're going to tell them. And then later wish you hadn't. You ever done that? All right, let me ask you a question. Did you have peace about it? Well, I learned the hard way. Till you get peace in your heart, keep your lip zip. This would have saved us a whole lot of heartache, wouldn't it? Then we've got to learn, our God is the God of peace. The spirit is the spirit of peace and he leads us by peace. And if we'll just hear this passage right here, how many times have I been pressured, aggravated, got to do something and this verse had come to my mind, I'd realize I'm fixing to miss it. Just wait, just wait till peace comes. Nobody's in any hurry. And when peace comes, I want to do the right thing. And it always worked out great. Every single time it worked out great. I think I told him, I'm not trying to tell you too much of my stuff. I look bad enough as it is. I don't want to give myself away completely. I think I told you, I came in the house one day and found out that one of the youngins had done something back when they were teenagers. And, and uh, you know what daddy does when that happens? I'm going to straighten this mess out. Straighten this mess out. We'll just go deal with this. Down the hall I go. I'm going to straighten them youngins out. Well, let me make an announcement. I don't know everything there is to know. Now, is you saying that for me or do you agree with me? Listen to me, listen to me. I got somebody inside of me that knows everything. Let me tell you what I've learned. Before you get to that bedroom, the bathroom's on the right. And I've learned, turn in the bathroom, close the door, pretend you gotta go to the bathroom, even if you don't. And just, you know, y'all Just stand there, just be quiet, just wait. And just say, help me. I'm aggravated right now. And the wisdom that's from above is pure, peaceable, gentle. So it must not be your wisdom. Help me. And you just wait. And all of a sudden you'll sense the Lord Almighty feel my temperature coming back down. And all of a sudden into your mind will come this thought. And you realize, I, I really didn't even know what the root of the problem was. And when he shows you something, you realize I was fixing to correct something that wasn't even there. And then you deal with it based on what he showed you. And the outcome is wonderful. If we just learn to turn our motors off and wait till peace comes and, and just hold on and give him a chance to speak, 
and lead us, things would be much better. A whole lot of better. Anybody ever done something made you mad? You go straighten them out. I'm having no two wrongs always make a right. No, let me tell you where right comes from. The seed whose fruit is right, righteousness is sown in peace. Right comes from peace. And you always start with peace. And once you found peace, then you can do it. I, uh, I've never understood why, even in churches, we want to do what seems smart instead of doing what brings peace. Let's wait till peace comes. As I've been talking, there's a peace that's just come in the room. Just the peace of God that passes understanding. And we need to be led by peace. And we need to wait on him like that. All right, this is the primary way that he leads us. <clears throat> now, he leads us in a number of different ways, but this will always be the primary way that he'll lead you in your life. I'll give you an example, and then we've got to quit. Um, I don't want to miss it. I, I want the best God has for me, but, I want him, but he's got to show me how to do that. I'm not smart enough to make good decisions. I, I, my emotions sure will get, my emotions get me in a wad, yours will too. But we've got to learn to be led of the Spirit. Every believer can do this. I, I listen, I love, I've watched people through the years in my churches, just, I've just watched them hit their head on every limb on the goofy tree coming down. And I think, do you just wake up every morning saying, what dumb thing can I do today? Come on, doc. I mean, you love them and they, they, they do love Jesus. They just make the dumbest decisions. I swear they do. I don't get mad about it though. I get, get at peace about it. But you love people. You want people to have good lives. Guess where good lives come from? Good decisions. Praise God, preach. I'm, I'm, that's good. I'll remember that. I'm going to remember that right there. Good lives come from making good decisions. Good decisions come from being led by the Spirit of God in peace. All right. I heard this years ago because I'm going to learn how to do this because I realized most of my preacher friends made decisions based out of what seemed smart to them or their emotions or what they'd always done. I want to be led of the Spirit. And the old man who mentored me said um, he was a traveling preacher, a little country preacher traveled in his little denominational crowd doing revivals in their, within their little denominational circle. And he said, I believe I read in the Bible where the spirit of God leads you in every decision. And I wanted God to make my decisions for me. And he said, uh, I hope this don't offend you. I, I don't know why people are so offended by things that happened in the Bible happening today. Any of the same Jesus. Okay. And he said, I'm, I'm praying. I want to learn how to do this stuff. And he said, I'm sitting there at my desk one day. And he said, the Lord Jesus just, I heard footsteps coming down the hall and Jesus walked right through the door and sat down in a chair right in front of me there. He said, I don't believe that. <laughs> Why not? Let me make an announcement. Just because the train don't run by your station don't mean he ain't running no more. Can I get a witness? <laughs> now, some people might tell me that might be weird, but show me in the Bible where it says it can't happen. <clears throat> All right. And he said, this is the only time I'll ever appear to you in your life, but I'm going to teach you how to be led in my spirit. And he said, peace is the primary way you're going to be led. And he said, he just sat there and just talked to me. And he said, peace is the primary way you'll be led of, your, of, of my spirit. My spirit will lead you by peace. He said, I'm going to give you an example. He said, do you remember when you got a letter last week? Now, this is back in the days of letters. You got a letter last week and that fellow from that great big church asked you, could you come to his church and preach a series of meetings? And he said, do you remember you tried to write him back two or three times, but as you'd write, you were just troubled about it. Something down here bothered you. He said, and you tore it up and threw it and said, I'll do it later. He said, that was my spirit telling you, I don't want you going there. He said, your spirit was troubled. You couldn't get any peace. And I'm teaching you, that was my spirit teaching you, telling you, don't go there. He said, do you remember a couple of weeks ago at that convention, 
a preacher came up to you and said, do you come to small churches? And he said, I go wherever the Lord leads me to. And he said, well, I'd love for you to come to my church. Just a little small church. We can't afford to pay you much, but I'd love for you to come to my church and help us if you could. He said, do you remember it? He said, yes, sir. I remember that. And he said, do you remember how there was a sweetness right down here when he asked you that? And as you thought about it, he said, it was almost like a, a velvety feel right in your heart. Just a real sweet quietness in there. He said, yeah, I do remember that. He said, that was my spirit telling you, I want you to go there and help those people. And he said, this is how you live your life, being led by the spirit, letting the peace of God rule in your heart. When you get that sweet peace from my spirit right here, that's me saying, go ahead. Or that's me directing you to do it. But when you get that troubled, uh, uh, you're having to push it and, and, and you're restless. That's me saying, don't do this or let's don't go that route. And he said, then he, he told me, he loved me. He got up, he walked out. And he said, that's been 40 years ago. I've never, nothing like it's ever happened to me since. But he said, I decided that day, I'm gonna let the peace of God rule in my life. And he said, I've never missed it one time on making big decisions or small decisions by letting the peace of God rule in my life. And he said, I'm glad he taught me that. And then of course he taught me that so I'd go teach other people how to do it. You can be led the same way. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the graves inside of you right now. He lives right here inside of you. If you're born again, he's gotta be in there. And that spirit would love to help you make decisions. And, uh, but, but, but one of my favorite verses is, do not be like a mule. You know, it's one of my favorite verses. Don't be like a mule. And I know it's terrible to compare your church folks to mule. But the Bible said in the book of Psalms, don't be like a mule who has to be captured or bit and bridled or else they'll not come near you. Listen to that. Don't, don't make me have to throw a lasso around your neck and get your clothes. <laughs> Are you a mule Christian? <laughs> No, no. What animal are we supposed to be like? Those who wait upon the Lord share them like eagles. We don't want to be mule Christians. We want to be eagle Christians who mount up with wings like an eagle instead of, well, Gabriel, go get the mule and bring him in here. <laughs> My goodness. You know, a mule is known for being stubborn. Can I get a witness? Guess why I'm laughing. All right. Uh, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Anybody can do this. I would encourage you to do something. Experiment with it. Experiment with it. And just see if God don't lead you this way. Try it. Listen, if it's the word of God, it can stand the test. Test him. See if this stuff will work. I tell you what to do. Next time you get upset and you're all jacked up on the inside, you just go, go ahead and do whatever you feel like doing. See if it works out. <laughs> Experiment with it. But the next time, and then after that, after you get slam dunked real good, and then you got to go back. If you like crow, put salt on it and apologize. And then, uh, but go back and say, no, I'm gonna let the peace of God rule. And the next time you have a decision or, you, or something troubling, well, you just say, I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to wait. And uh, let me show you one more quick scripture. I'm just going to show you this. We're done. I promise we're done. I, I, I feel peace about this. I, <laughs> Acts chapter 13. What to do while you, don't stare at the heavens while you're waiting. And don't turn your ear up while you're waiting. That, that's foolish. Somebody think you're trying to get water out of the other side. <laughs> what do you do while you're waiting on God to let you know something? It's in Acts chapter 13. You know, you got a decision to make. Acts chapter 13 says this, verse one, the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers and it mentions five people. Watch these words, verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. What were they doing when God spoke to them? What did it say? They were ministering to the Lord. You, you just... You get quiet and you just sing to him and tell him you love him and worship him and praise him and just minister to the Lord. 
And a lot of times if I have a decision to make, I'll, I'll just pray say, Heavenly Father, I got to make this decision. We got to decide to do this, whether it's a church or personally. And I just give it to you and I thank you and praise you for the answer. And then I kick it to the curb and I tell him uh, how wonderful he is and praise him. And then I'll sing amazing grace and how great thou art. And oh, what a wonderful savior. And you just get all caught up in ministering to the Lord. And then all of a sudden the answer will come back to you. And if you'll minister to the Lord, now it said when they spoke, do you think it said, separate to me? No, 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 that's not, he's not British. He's Southern Alamance. That's what he sounds like. They didn't hear an audible voice. The man who wrote, one of them, he said, let it rule in your heart. They knew in their spirits. God spoke to my spirit. And you minister to the Lord's best way to get him to speak to you. You worship him, he'll talk back to you. And you say, well, I don't have time to do that. Then do it while you go through your day. You can sing and go through the day, can't you? And just, matter of fact, sing and be better than cussing. <laughs> just minister to the Lord. I, I want you to experience the Spirit of God. I want you to know, I want you to know how wonderful it is to know he, he led me in this. He helped me do this. And uh, you'd be surprised. All right, we'll talk more about this later. I want you to learn to hear the voice of God in decisions that you make so you'll actually know what to do. But the number one way he leads you is by peace in your spirit. And uh, my goodness, my job would have been a whole lot easier if church folks would have been led of the spirit of God. Amen. I'm going to talk to you. I need to talk to you right now. And I'm just thinking, boy, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I say, I guarantee I know what they're fixing to say. I love you, Brother Brian, because being a Christian, you always got to lead off with I love you, but... It's in big butts to get you in trouble. Can I get a witness? <laughs> All right, Lord Jesus, we just praise you and thank you for your goodness. I hope people heard your heart tonight that I got three children. I love them dearly. I'd lay down my life for my children. I'd pick up cans on the side of the road to feed them. And that if I knew something that they needed to know, I would be glad to tell it to them if they'd just listen to me. I don't want to force my things on them, but I'd love to help my children just because I'm older. And I'm wiser by the years and I know some things they don't know. I'd, I'd help them answer questions about money. I'd help them with their relationships. I'd, I'd just help them with anything I could. If I've got the wisdom, I'd give it to them. And that's a, that's, a part, that's a father who's not perfect. How about a perfect father, as you are, that knows everything and that has committed to lead us to the greatest life if we just learn to listen to you? I thank you that the peace of God can rule in our hearts. And if we'll get quiet and wait on you and just honor you by presenting everything up to you and saying, you make the decision. Do we move or do we not? Do I say that or do I not? Should I befriend these people? Should I get out of this? Should I buy this? If we would just let your peace rule in our hearts, we'd never miss it. And you'd lead us to the greatest place. I know you would. I thank you for your word. And I want to thank you tonight, especially for the precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit, my dearest friend. It just, I love him. I'm fascinated by him. I adore him. I'm amazed by his goodness. The Holy Spirit, I want to praise you and thank you for your kindness. I want every child of God to know what it's like to have your help through life. I want them to know what it means to be comforted by you, encouraged by you, blessed by you, gifted by you, and led by you. I trust you for that. Thank you that we can have surefire witness in our hearts by listening to you. And we give you all the praise and glory. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. My prayer team's down here. If you need prayer, come on, we'll pray with you.